Again, we're um, walking through our series on yearly planner 2020. We're, we're thinking about our to-do list and our um, sort of the, the New Year's resolutions that we might start, start off with as uh, we began in January. And now um, continuing to work this through, uh, we want to talk a little bit about hospitality. And I simply, I want to pose the question to you, um, how open is your house to others? Is, is, or maybe let me actually change that. It's not just your house. How open is your life to others? Are you a person that is approachable? Are you a person that others can come to and easily have a conversation? And you know the sorts of people that I'm talking about when I'm, when I talk about people who it seems like, remember when we were kids, we had the warm fuzzies and the cold pricklies. Um, there are some folks who are like the cold prickly folks. It just some, seems like it can't approach them. Maybe is that you? I know that I have certainly been accused of that and rightfully so at different times. For whatever reason, there are moments when I am probably more of a cold prickly guy for whatever reason. I don't intend it. I have no desire to be someone that, um, yeah, you feel like you can't come to, you can't have a conversation with, but sometimes that happens. As we think about God's call to to us, especially when we think about hospitality, and what it means then to live into relationships of love with others, asking the question, how open both our home is, is it some place that we can warmly welcome people into, what about our lives? How open is your life to others? And how open are you to engaging in that life with others? That's what we're going to spend some time with this morning from Luke chapter 14 as we dig into God's Word together. Let's ask for His blessing and presence during our time. Father, we ask that You show us Your truth. Compel us and challenge us to consider um, how we can be open with our lives, even especially when that gets difficult. When You call us to engage in relationship with people who are very much unlike us. But Lord, in that, that we are living into how you have shown your love to us. May we model that and live into that. And Lord, in that, that growing of our openness to others, that your kingdom can grow in us and we can see others come into relationship with you. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you to turn your Bibles, Luke chapter 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So it's in the New Testament, probably about maybe one quarter of the way from the back of your Bibles. And we're going to look at Luke chapter uh, 14, the first 14 verses. We'll begin with the first verse. One Sabbath... When Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. Now, the reason I just want to focus a little bit on just that one verse is that this whole thing is a setup. This is absolutely and completely loaded activity for Jesus to walk into. 
First of all, why are, first of all, when did they invite Jesus? What day of the week was it? It was the Sabbath. Okay, he invited somebody into his home, the Pharisee did, on the Sabbath so that you could check out exactly how Jesus behaved. Remember all the rules for the Sabbath, all the different things that you could and could not do, and it's nice and convenient for Jesus to come into this prominent Pharisee's home on the day when all the stuff that you couldn't do or whatever might get done. And not only that, but we find out that he's set up this whole thing even with more difficulty for Jesus to enter into. This was, this timing of this invitation was intentional because they wanted to see how Jesus would behave. Verse 2 says this, There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. And then he asked them, If one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. So we get a Sabbath invitation, but we can see the setup grow. There's a sick man there. Now, understand something. Being around other people who were sick could make you unclean. And whose house is this? It's a Pharisee's house. And Pharisees observe and obey the law always. The person that they have here is one of the, it has one of those illnesses that doesn't make you unclean. So the abnormal swelling, there's no open sores, anything like that. This guy was invited specifically to see whether or not Jesus would heal him. This is a complete setup. And Jesus does. But what he's doing in healing is he is confronting the Pharisees not about the law, but about their heart. And that's for us to hear. Because the reality of it is there are many things in our lives that we as good Christians do or do not, do not do, because that's simply the right way for us to behave. Okay, and that's good, but does it get here? Is it in your heart? Or is it really what the whole word is, is legalism? These Pharisees were into legalism. They were doing the right things, supposedly, because that's what they were supposed to do. But their hearts weren't right. And Jesus was really, in a sense, saying to them, okay, you want to obey my commands. Well, you're obeying the easy ones. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. Thou shalt not be unclean. All the other stuff. But my other command is to love. And you're not doing that. Now, let's think about that for our own lives. Let's think about the people that is hard for us to love. Yeah, we, we might have a relationship with them, but are we truly going beyond 
the behavior and into the heart. God is calling us to that because, friends, that's what he did for you. He loved you even while it was still, while you were unlovable. While you were still in your wallowing in your own sin, Christ loved you enough to transform you. And that's what he then calls us to do otherwise. That's why having an open life is so important that we can engage with other people, friends, neighbors, co-workers, in such a way that we can manifest to them the love that God has shown us in Jesus Christ. And friends, that means that we need to have that openness. We should have people into our homes. We should have those sorts of things that bring gatherings together. But what's interesting it's how Jesus sets up the gatherings. We're going to get there in a minute. Let's go to verse 7. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place. So when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Okay, now we're going to read that passage. Probably we're going to engage with it as thinking about the guest, right? Am I the person who when I show up at a party, then um, I, I want the right spot? How many of you go to wedding receptions and like the absolute key thing is whose table you're at? You know what I'm talking about? Like you walk in the room and you're like, oh, we better get the right table because if we're not at the right table, this is going to be a long two hours, right? In some ways, that's, that's really what, what, the, what Jesus is challenging. For us to instead maybe engage with those sorts of things, saying, you know what, I'm going to take the least place. And then perhaps there's an honor that will be given to me by the, by the host. Who knows? But he is challenging us. Let me read this He is focusing on the heart of hospitality because we automatically put ourselves in the place of the guest. What if we put ourselves in the place of the host? Who do you honor? Who do you hold up? I remember saying there was a, a class that I was in in seminary. And one of the things that they cautioned pastors about, and the reason that they did this is because they saw it happen in many churches, they cautioned pastors and said, be careful how you treat people who have money in your church. Doesn't that happen oftentimes if we find out somebody has wealth? All of a sudden they get a special place. Or if they have special gifts or certain things that we appreciate about them, we hold them up. And here Jesus is calling us to look at that differently and now see how he does it. Verse 12, then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, 
Do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection at the resurrection of the righteous. Think about that command for a second. How many of you are comfortable with that? How many of you are going to throw a party at your house like this? Let's read this again. Who is this? This is when you give a banquet, invite the poor. Who? The crippled, the lame, the blind. Invite friends, be open friends to people around you that the rest of the world is not open and engaged with. Be open and be hospitable to those that oftentimes don't get, don't get welcomed. Here's something interesting to think about. I was thinking about that this week. Um, do you know that there's people in this room who haven't probably had significant conversation or a hug or someone said, I love you to them all week? They're here this morning. They've had no engagement, very little engagement throughout the week, and yet they are here this morning and they are seeking your and my, our love. And friends, that's what God calls us then to live into, not just here at church, but then with the rest of our lives. We are people who are open to doing what Christ has done for us and welcoming in those folks who may not be welcomed by the world around them, may not be accepted by the world around them, may not be loved. And we do this because Christ did this for us. You and I do this because this is what Jesus did for us. It's one of those things where, I, and, and you know, when I think about it and consider it, I have to give them a ton of credit. Um, Ross and Sandy Cooper, right? We know that story. It sounds like this, doesn't it? Sounds like people who have been willing to live into some difficult love. And out of that, now here's the blessing. Remember, these are all about what the, what the blessing is. Right at the end it says this. If you host those people in your life, and I'm not just saying in your home, but in your life that are easy to do that with, and you get an invitation back, and you get life with them, that's your reward. Right then and there. But read it again. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When we live into hospitality and openness with the rest of our lives, at the end of the day, that's the eternal gift of God. I, you know, we know that grace we know how grace works and it's undeserved and God freely forgives all of our sins. Yes, we are included with the righteous. We go into heaven. Yes, that is all true. But I do wonder, do what, what we do on this earth, does that impact what happens in glory? Is there... We get, do we get a better place in heaven because we've been obedient 
When I read stuff like this, yeah, grace is free. And, and don't ever hear me talk about, uh, don't ever he- hear that and, and think that I'm talking about works righteousness. Because I'm not talking about works righteousness. But I am saying this, that we have a call of God to live into thanksgiving and gratitude for all that he has done for us. And one of the ways that we do that is living in openness, hospitality, and love with those who are unacceptable to the world around us. And when we live into that, there is a reward. There is a blessing. But the flip side of that is true as well. If we don't, we miss it. If we don't, We miss out on what God has for us. And friends, I don't know about you, but I want all that God has for me. I want all the blessings that he offers to us. And so, yeah, it means that you find people who are the crippled, the poor, the lame, the blind, the unacceptable in the world, and you love them, and you're open with them. You bring them into your home and into your life and you invite them down to Panera Bread down there after church this morning. You sit and you have grilled cheese and tomato soup. You talk about life and you share love and encouragement with each other. Friends, that's what we are called to do. And as that happens, the body of Christ is built up. It grows and it flourishes even more. Let's go from this place thinking about who we're going to invite. That's the final question. Who are you going to invite to dinner? Okay? Maybe it's dinner. Maybe it's more just life. Who are you going to invite in today, this week? Is it a coworker who needs that invitation? Is it a person in this community who needs that invitation? Is it a person that maybe is in your neighborhood that needs that invitation that you can go from this place and you, you're going to do that this week. You're going to engage. You're going to open up something. Maybe it is dinner. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's just something where when you go to the mailbox and you get your mail, you spend a little bit extra time talking to the people you meet there. Go do that. And do it even when it's hard because even when it's hard, when we do it, the blessing comes. And lives can be changed. And most importantly, that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. Let's pray. We are grateful to you, Father, for you being open and showing hospitality to us welcoming us into your space and into the life that you give to us. And Father, may we now do that for others. May we have that willingness, even for those people who have been rejected, that the world has looked upon and and said, you don't belong. And even, Lord, the church has done that sometimes. And we've said who is in and who is out. And we've, Lord, hurt others by not being open, loving, accepting, hospitable to them. Encourage us, Lord. Put, us, uh, put a person in our minds. 
Give us a picture, Lord, of what that can look like this week. If it's a conversation at the, um, over lunch or coffee, if it's standing outside doing things together and we open up our life, whatever that is, Lord, show us. And then when the time comes, equip us, encourage us, and give us the courage to take steps. That, Lord, we're not, looking for, we're not looking to get back. We're just looking to be, be people who love others well. And Lord, if it be your will, that there might be a reward that comes. Maybe it's a reward of a new relationship. Certainly, Lord, you've promised that that reward is to come when you return. We look forward to that, Father. Lord, we, we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.